Hello, I am Heidi and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people and share true stories of overcoming life's challenges. We are taking life's lemons and making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Sarah, welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I am so looking forward to getting to know you and I want to hear your story. So start out by telling me just a couple of things about yourself. Okay, sure. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, something about me, I survived the mass genocide in Cambodia that claimed 2 million lives. And another thing is that I got out from captivity, escaping to find freedom. So. Yeah, that's kind of big stuff. So you're going to have to tell me. That must be your lemon to lemonade story. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, tell me more. What happened? Well, I grew up in Cambodia. As a child, I feel love and secure. I was a firstborn child, and I was raised in the, the countryside, in a farm area. As a firstborn child, you, you feel so loved and secure, and just enjoy my life. But my parents believe in higher education. So they encouraged me to stay in school, do well, and that's what I did. When I graduate from high school, I need to, you know, I want to attend college. Guess what? College is not in my small city. It's my small village. No, it's located in the capital city. That is almost 300 miles away from home. So I left my hometown. I left my family behind. And while I was in college, while I was away from everybody that loved me, something very bad happened. The communist Khmeros invaded Cambodia. They took over. That's back in 1975. They came in with military equipment, guns and tanks and trucks. And we were so fearful. We don't know what to expect, but the next day they start to point the gun at everybody. They went door to door and demand that you had to leave, leave, leave right now. Go, go. So we are in a hurry left everything that we ever owned, just walk off into the crowded street. All of us are panicked and not knowing where to go, what to do. And we only have a few clothes with us and just a little bit of food that we can grab whatever we have in the house. So all the marketplace was closed, there's nothing open. So if we run out of food, there's no way we can go buy anything. And guess what? We slept on the ground. Were you with your family at this point when you had to leave or were you still in college? I was in college. I was still in college, but uh, they shut down the college, of course. Okay. Okay. And so you were with your family? I was with my uncle. You my uncle... Yeah, I had my uncle and his family. Oh, wow. So, so you weren't with all... your own parents. They were no. still in your village. 
Okay. Right. And your uncle yeah. lived near your college. So you had to, college was shut down and then you went with your uncle and his family. Yeah. And could yeah. just grab what you could hold. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we keep walking and then eventually we end up in a, another village far away from the capital city. And then within the next two, three weeks, I was transported to a different location. Just you? Just um, me and my uncle and his family. Okay. Yeah, he he want to come along with me because okay. they said that whoever want to to move to Badambong is the city where my my family lives. So of course I want to go there. So I signed up and my uncle didn't want me to go by myself. So he and his family also come along. Okay. But they did not bring us to our, our destination that we want to go. So we were dropped off in the La La Land in the middle of nowhere. Was so disappointed. And then later on, there was another opportunity that I can sign up again. Uh, they are looking for single men and women to join this group. So I was hoping that this is a single group. Maybe, maybe I will have an opportunity to, you know, go somewhere, maybe close to my hometown. So I always think about possibility. So I sign up again, but this time, big disappointment. I was stuck in the big forced labor camp and they pushed us to work in the rice field in a very harsh condition. I mean, hash, that means we had to work 16 hours a day, seven days a week in the heat, in the intense tropical suns, on the average, 100 degrees Fahrenheit. On top of that, we only receive very little food to eat, very little time to sleep. So I start to feel exhausted hungry, and then eventually got sick. Many of us in the camp got sick and we passed on to each other because yeah. we were so close in proximity and we just, you know, got sick altogether. Even though I was sick, I still have to go to work every day until I cannot go anymore. Then when I reached that point, they don't want me to stay with the working people. So they pushed me to go to a, another place. And that place where all the very sick people stay. And I was hoping that I might get some medicine to help me feel better. But there's nothing. No medicine. No doctor. Then I realized. This is a dangerous place to stay. If I keep staying, I will get more, more disease and my body cannot, cannot keep up. I will die eventually. So I saw people die almost every day. So I was so fearful for my life. And I realized that I had to do something. I don't know what to do because if I go back, I cannot work 
if I stay, I will get more sickness. If I run away, they will shoot me right on the spot. So now I run out of option. I don't know what to do. And as I thought about it, what to do? I thought about God. When Since I was young, like seven years old, I believed that there is God. So now the, that's the option. That's the only option I have. So I start to pray and I ask God to help me to survive. That's the only thing I ask for. I just need to survive long enough so that I can go back to find my family. All I thought about was my family. You know why I thought about my family so much? Because my mom just recovered from a four years of paralysis. She had an accident and she became paralyzed for four long years. And I was her caregiver before I went to college. She recovered just before I went away. So that's why I was so attached, so thinking about my, my mom and my brothers and all that. So now when I think about God and I pray, I keep praying, Every night, I had to be careful. I don't want anybody to see me praying because they don't believe in prayer or anything like that. So after praying for a while, one morning, I woke up. I feel like I have a little bit of energy. So I decided to walk away. I sneak out very early in the morning like nobody was awake yet. So I sneak out. I went back to the work camp and one kind young team leader saw me and she was so kind and she feel compassionate she said oh you can stay with me i i might be able to uh, find something for you to do and she realized i could not do anything i was just too sick and then the next day she told me she talked with the people in the kitchen and they said that they can use my help oh my goodness when I got to work in the kitchen, I think God answered my prayer. I know God knows exactly where I need to be because in the kitchen, I got access to more food. I work in the shade, less hour, and I get some rest. So gradually I felt better. I stayed there for a while until they saw me look better, feel better, and pull me out from the kitchen and throw me back in. So I endure four long years. Oh four long years. I barely survived. And then at the end of four years, they start to move the camp away from the main road. So when I realized that they move us closer and closer to the jungle, I realized this is now the direction that I want to keep moving with them. I have to find my way to break away. So God gave me a, a courage to plan a dangerous escape. Because if I don't do it, I will get nowhere. I will stay in captivity forever and there's no freedom. So. I have this idea that I need to run away, but I was so frail already. I could not do it by myself. 
So I gathered three close friends. I asked them, would you run away with me? And they said, yes. Oh my goodness. I was so happy. My friend decided to come along with me. So we, we made plan and we, we don't have all the fancy thing to plan, but we know where the God is standing, how they, how they look, where they look, where they turn and so on. So we wait until nighttime until it get very dark. So we start to walk away. We, we run and we hold hands so we don't get lost from each other. And we didn't get lost in the jungle either. I'm so grateful, so grateful. We were able to get away from them. We were free. We were free. We walked all night long and finally at the in the morning, we we turn around, we look, we didn't see any of them. So we were free and we were able to find some new people that we we passed by and then we asked for direction to go to my hometown. Eventually, I found my family. I found my family and they thought that I was dead. I don't blame them because it had been four years. So that's my story. Wow. They are looking to eliminate people. Wow. So, and, some, and many of them die of starvation. Oh, right. Yep. And your family, mm -hmm. all your uncle and his family and your parents, they everyone was okay? My uncle didn't make it. He passed away. But his wife and two little children survived. I lost many male cousins and uncles. So my my immediate family, my mom and dad and my three brothers, they all survived. But they almost get eliminated in one gunshot. But that's a story that needs a little bit extra time. But it's it's in the book. I have my book um, written. So for What's your book? My, my book is called How I Survived the Killing Field. This is not the copy of my book. Okay. How wow. I Survived the How Killing Fields. How I Survived field. the Killing Fields. Yeah. Yeah. And then how did you get to America after that? After I've, I reunited with my family for about a year, I had to recover my health and everything. Right. And my mom realized that our country is in KR. You know, we our country was pretty much destroyed. Yeah. Everything was destroyed. No infrastructure, all the, uh, the knowledge, knowledgeable people, intelligent people have been eliminated. So um, we, we just didn't trust any more people. So my mom pushed me to escape out of the country, another escape. Hmm. It's challenging to start a new life in the new country with a new language and everything. It's hard work, but it's worth it because I have my freedom. Yeah. So, do you have any of your family members that came to America with you or did you come by yourself? Uh, I came with my mom's cousin at the beginning. And then a few years later, my mom and all my brothers 
cross the border, try to escape, but they run into a, a challenging situation. So it took them five years waiting for the time to come to United States. And I worked very hard to bring them here. So, but now they all here safe and free. So at the end of the day, I know I did my job. You did a beautiful thing. Yeah. Thank you. Survival. That's incredible. Like the will to survive. It just blows my mind. And it just, I'm just so proud of you. And that would be so difficult. It would be easy to give up. And the fact that you turned to God and knew that he was there for you and he was aware of you and he provided a way for you to get away is just an amazing miracle. I'm just so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I had to um, attribute my my survival to my love for my family mm -hmm. because without my strong love for them, I probably wouldn't have enough strength or enough hope to keep on fighting. Yeah. So that was my purpose. So whenever we are struggle with challenging time, our purpose is very important. Definitely. We need to have a purpose and a passion yeah. to keep on going when things are hard. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. Family is very important. Our faith is very important. And our love for one another. So um, during the hard time that I was away from my family, I built a, a sisterhood with the people that were in the same situation. We help each other. We need other human beings. Yeah. Yeah. We need support. We need to support one another. So, uh, so never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Hope will take you everywhere you you imagine. So um, one of my friends shared with me, hope is stand for have only positive expectation. Perfect. <laughs> I like that. That's perfect. And I love how you said that your your friends and your associates became kind of your family, you know, and I, and I think that's a good point. Like our family is everything in our lives, but our family doesn't have to be our blood family. We can, mm -hmm. A lot of people can be our family. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so thank you for pointing that out. Well, you are amazing. Mm -hmm. You're a beautiful soul, and I appreciate you sharing with me today. I had no idea, and this has been so enlightening, and I'm just, I'm just so grateful I got to meet you and spend some time with you and hear your story. You're just your light and, and encouragement and positivity. And I just love that about you. So thank you for what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. And I love your theme. Your theme is so, so good that our life will never be a smooth sailing. No, no. we run into situation, struggle, obstacle, but we need to look for the for the goodness in any situation 
Yeah, we can always find something to be grateful for in any situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And turn those lemons into lemonade. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I know it sounds so trivial, but you are living that and you are showing us that it's possible. And I appreciate that. Yeah, it is possible. And also the right now I'm using my pain as my purpose. My purpose is to help people, no matter how painful your story is, you can turn it around and use it to help other people. So I feel like my story can help other people. So doesn't matter how hard things are, it will change. Yeah. Things will change. It's just like we run through the storm especially in Florida, there are a lot of hurricanes coming in. But you know, one hurricane after another, it passes on, it passes on. It doesn't stay for too long, it passes on. So if we just look at our life that way, there's no need to be depressed to, to give up hope. So we can always think about things will pass on. Yeah. And I think for somebody like you stuck in a hot rice field for four years, working until you're almost, you've almost died and you can still say that you can still say that things pass on and things end and there will be better days ahead. That's an amazing message coming from you. Thank you. I, I truly believe that. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for having this podcast. You are Thank doing you. you are doing amazing, amazing things. Thank you. That means a lot. You're still here? Well then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. People can find me, you know, they Google for Sarah M. Speakers, they can find me that way. And uh, I'll they put can... a link. Do you have a podcast? I'll put that link in the show notes too. So people can just click right on like your book or your Instagram or, or your website, whatever, whatever you have. I'll put that in the podcast notes. Okay, perfect. They can find beautiful. you directly that way. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I want people right. to be able to get a hold of you. They need more inspiration from you. So you're awesome. Awesome. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.